The following resource is presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. In a world where nothing is certain can help you to find the right way. should follow today. This way will take you to the best jump from around the world. Welcome to the Identity Matters Worldview Institute. Welcome to the post-truth church. Now, I don't know if that gets you at all, but it certainly does me every single time I say it. Even when Shannon said it earlier as he was speaking of a world event that was going on, when you hear about post-truth church, that should mess with your mind a little bit, particularly if you're an indwell believer. If you're not an indwell believer, you probably didn't hear anything. It's just a title. But when I hear post-truth church, I hear a church that does not have the ability to hear truth anymore. And since Jesus is the truth, they cannot hear Jesus anymore. If they don't hear Jesus anymore, listener, leader, listen carefully. The question has to be asked, is the indwelling voice, life of Jesus Christ actually living inside you. Because if he does not, you are not comfortable with the post-truth era. You are the reason for it. And that's what you have to settle before we move on. The Art of Leadership, Dwight Eisenhower. Dwight Eisenhower is one of my favorite guys. And here's what he said about leadership. Leadership is the art of getting someone else to do something that you want done because he wants to do it. I know that Jesus picks me out to do certain things in the body of Christ because he knows without question that I want to do it. Now comes the question is, is, am I being empowered by me, me, me wanting to do it or by Christ in me wanting to do it? And that is where we need to start tonight. There are a couple speakers coming up in the chapters following this one. Are an incredible resource for you to listen to. We're trying our best to keep our videos instructional videos in 20 minutes or under. It is important that you listen to these people and there may be a few of you that pick out a leader or two and say, well, I know without question that that person is not a Christian. That's why I picked them. I would prefer not to pick a Christian. Do you understand that as a listener? 
Unsaved teachers are safer than Christianized professors and teachers who are replicators of the real gospel. So in the Institute, you will notice they're either black or white. And we are very careful about avoiding teachers who make claims to the principles of truth without understanding the personhood and embracing the person of truth. This is where I get my Christ confidence. And a Christ confident leaders are usually inspiring and people like to be around these individuals because they believe in the practicalities of the true living indwelling life of Jesus Christ. That is the absolute key. And if you noticed in the video there, there's a statement there that even if you are leading a group of people or an individual who you pretty much know is not an indwelt believer, you use your work, you use task, and you use your leadership to lead them to Christ. I don't care if you're working at Walmart or if you're working at your church. In fact, it's easier at Walmart during the post-truth era. It's hard to lead someone to Christ who believes they grew up a Christian. These four-year-old salvations are absolutely the most dangerous testimonies on the face of the earth. Or they went through catechism. Or they simply grew up in church and was always a part of being a pew setter, but there was no moment, the last I heard, to be born again, something has to die. And something has to be brought into new birth. And there is no way outside of a miracle of God a four-year-old can do that. Four-year-old salvations or young salvations are typically because of fears and phobic problems with the parents. And I'm here to tell you tonight, you don't ever have to worry about that because God will not send them to hell without the knowledge of being able to separate sin from the living God. Only God knows that date. Only God knows that person. So it's really fruitless to argue about it. But I do want to say this to some of our listeners because I know that we do have some listeners who are part of denominations that believe once you baptize a baby and you grow them up in the church, their salvation is secure. You can 602 me 292-2982 because that's just a lie. And so this is our problem with the post-truth church and the leadership that seems to be growing this church. A true Christ-confident leader is a leader that is depending on the confidence of Christ. Not that you're confident in the principles of Christ. You are confident in His confidence within you. That is a true Christ-confident leader, which is the title of our chapter 
next week. Here's our three objectives for you. We need to analyze leadership. We need to take a look at those 18 points of a quality leader. And then we need to look at the godological leadership style. Big difference between a Christianized leader and one who truly is functioning in God's logic of using his own son. Now listeners, listen carefully. And you can do the 602 on this if you would like, because it's an extremely blunt statement. I personally believe before the Lord Jesus Christ that Jesus is the only one that God trusts with his words. He does not entrust his word with any human or demonic force. He trusts nobody with his word outside of Jesus Christ. Then Jesus Christ actually had to become the word and dwell among us so that we may behold his glory. So not only did God the Father entrust his words out of his mouth, God doesn't read from a Bible. Your Bible that you're carrying around under your armpit is nowhere even close to the fullness of God's word. He only gave us a few testimonies. Because people like to hear the stories, the testimonies. So all of who the word is, what came forth from the Father's mouth, was not given to Jesus. He had to become the word and then go dwell among his future bridal members. Then he had to lead them to death of their own words, their own doctrines, their own methodologies, and literally die this death of self and lay their lives at the feet of the word. And then the Holy Spirit is put inside that person and takes all of the triune of an effective leader and brings it to life. The the triune of an effective leader is your born talents. That's why you can look at a Michael Jordan and go, where does this guy get this stuff? Or you can look at certain leaders in, as presidents or corporate leaders or certain pastors. You go, where do they get this? And you know they're not saved. But they're incredible leaders. Where do they get this? It's called God-given birth talents that were given to you at birth to prepare you to be a vessel 
for the indwelling gifts being poured into you at salvation. And that's number two. So when you become born again, you receive these indwelling gifts and the bucket that is going to hold these indwelling gifts is your God-given talents. And the third one is skill set training. You have to be trained, literally trained on how to lead, trained in how to use your talent, trained in how to make use of your spiritual gifting. Everyone goes through training, whether you're an apprentice or whether you're moving your way up through a corporation or you hope to be a pastor one day, that is that third element. And it's the triune of a leader that locks him in to be a great leader. And I am one of those. I am not afraid to say that because Christ in me is where my confidence is because he's confident in his leadership. I'm just a vessel that says, Almost every day of my life, sitting in my chair in my, in my office, one of my mentors says to me, you better be able to check the box when we chat that you take the first 15 minutes of every day when your bottom hits that chair that you strategically plan and organize your day. We call it mapping out, mind mapping. Well, I do that with my relationship with God. And sometimes I have to draw it on the big whiteboard because it starts to get dicey, complicated. Well, that's the way it is for all of us because the Bible says something about making a plan and make a plan and God will direct your steps. Well, if you don't have a plan... You're not going anywhere. You're going to wake up 30 years from now doing the same old job you've ever done and you have had zero or little impact on the gospel of Jesus Christ reaching the remote parts of the world. I don't even want to know the number, dear Lord, of the people that go through their entire life wasting their entire lives at a job. Whether they loved it or not. That job leader is for you to lead people to Christ. Mr. Vice President of Major Corporation, Mr. Board Member of a Wall Street Corporation, Pastor, you, as leading a flock, stop using your canned speeches. Stop being culturally friendly and get down to releasing the life of Christ through you to transform the hearts of the people listening. Because when truth comes out of someone's mouth, a person comes out of their mouth. And the Spirit is required to bring that person, that truth. Jesus said, I am the way, methodology, planning, I am the truth. I am 
You see, it is a purpose statement that has got a name connected to it. When you speak the truth, you are giving Jesus Christ away. A lazy leader is a coward. And that is a biblical word. In fact, the Old Testament refers to these elders, these leaders, as stupid. This is a problem that's been going on for a very long time. I do not want to be a stupid shepherd. So every day of my life, I ask God for a laser thinking throughout my day. Laser for exact words to write, for exact course ideas, for exact ministering to a I want exact words, precise, because I happen to serve a God that if someone in the Old Testament rubbed up against the Ark of the Covenant, did God pat them on their bottom and say, it's okay, don't do it again. What happened to that person? They died. And don't tell me that God is not into compulsive details. Second order that my mentor has me check a box to every day. Is your office tidy before you start your work? Now his methodology is to do it after the 15 minutes. Shannon, my methodology is when? Each evening, the office is spotless. Because the idea there is that you're walking into order, you're not walking into chaos. It's not perfectionism when it is used to join a God who calls himself, for I am the God of order. There's all these little things that we need to embrace as leaders, as literal mandates from the living leader of the universe. And I get quite excited about it every day. Christ as life leaders tend to have certain traits. Two key areas of personal growth and development, and they're certainly fundamental to biblical leadership Success, And, of course, what we were just talking about, Christ's confidence and the release of his mind in the leader. So when you're looking at this new series that's coming up, and I will brag on the Lord for this. Paul says, for when I boast, I boast in the Lord. I'm going to do that right now. There is a whole series coming up that's called the Christ Mind Tools. And I have literally taken much of the quality, high-end stuff in mind tools and brought it into an exchange life, crisis life perspective. And I'm telling you, it'll mess with your mind. These are some people that I trust and have done a refined job of understanding the mind of a human, particularly in learning. And see, an unsaved mind can only give you the quality of the first element. Is that not true? They can't 
do the quality of the indwelling gift part. So then they put their emphasis on dichotomy of e-learning. And that is your natural born talents and training your skill sets. You see, we're putting that third piece in there. And when you adopt and realize the true element of your spiritual gifting, much is given, leader, much will be required of you. You say, well, God will never fire me. I wouldn't hang my hat on that. And there's a lot of lazy Christians, indwelt or not. There's a lot of lazy Christians that this message is going to fly right over your head so you can get the certificate. That's a shame. Because this stuff will blow your socks off and then give you a new pair. Truth is transforming. And those of you who are accustomed to hearing truth, you find it very difficult to go back and listen to a liar. How much of truth cut short is a lie? Answer is... Well, I would phrase that as anything less than 100% is a lie. And that'd be the truth. You take 1% out of Jesus and I don't have the real Jesus. You take 1% out of what he says and it's a lie. Personhood is full on. It's who you are. And you can't shortchange it. So therefore, when you do attempt to shortchange truth, you're shortcheating Jesus Christ. And if he lives in you, that is not good news. If he doesn't live in you, do it. And be honest about it. That this has nothing to do with Jesus Christ. I make this stuff up as I go. Or I get this out of the training I went to, the school I went to, my mentors and instructors and whatever. Say the truth about that at least. But see, the ones in the middle that are taking a free ride on Christianized training and education, you're in trouble. Seriously. Every listener that's listening to this, wherever you're at, never listen to a teacher unless they believe in the indwelling life of Jesus Christ. And if they are 100% secular and you pretty much know it, listen to them because they're smarter than most Christianized teachers. And that is my methodology. Analyzing leadership becomes a critical point. So to be a successful crisis life leader, what needs to happen is out of those three elements of the triune of a leader, which one of those can you analyze? Skill set training? Any others? Talent? That leaves one more. Anyone dare to analyze spiritual gifting? 
I do, click on the link. It's right below this paragraph. And I will send you an exam with over 125 questions to help you discern out what your spiritual gifts are. All three can be analyzed. Your talents, where are you at with them? Have you ever known someone to be a natural born singer? Yeah. That you can find in a four-year-old. But is that natural talent developed? Well, you've got to analyze it. Spiritual gifting, you have to analyze. And skill sets, you have to analyze. So analyzing is what sets us up for this list. In last chapter, as you probably already know, unless you're new to this, we covered the first five of the 18 qualities of leadership. Tonight, number six is when a worker is upset. Now, when you hear the word upset, what, what's the visual that comes to your mind? Angry? Pouting? Pity party? According to leadership surveys, there's one particular kind of worker that is absolutely the toughest to lead. What type would you say that is? Whiner? Procrastinator? I'd take a yes person any day of the week because I can turn them into a no so fast it's ridiculous. I enjoy yes people. According to surveys, the worst kind is a powder. They are quiet, silent, and if they were to be real and upfront with you and honest with you, they would tell you that they are quiet, but they have a strong opinion on the inside. And that's called lying. So therefore, the worst type of person to lead is a liar. You don't know if the yes is a real yes, and you don't know if the no is a real no. You, as the leader, have to guess. And then when you try to motivate powders, they use the pouting to oppress you. And I'm going to use the term oppress. Psychological surveys prove that children who pout as children become depressed as adults. And I happen to believe, because of my spiritual mentor actually uses this phraseology, that pouting is a child's form of depression. And then I add one more piece to it. Child, children who pout, can grow up to be depressed adults. And depression almost always leads to oppression. It means you become a portal for demonic attack. So they're very, very difficult people to move around because they use silence to control you. I suggest you fire these people as soon as you can. If you have worked with them and worked with them and tried to motivate them, they're a bad asset. 
It does not have to be done in a vengeful way. As Dwight Eisenhower's quote said to us earlier, is you need to find people who want to do the practical details of your vision. Whether you are a corporate leader or a pastoral leader, you need people who want to do what you give them to do. Or they're a bad asset. Or pretty soon, these workers are going to want beanbags and marijuana for break time. 602-292-2982. That's where our work world is going. So we need to properly lead and not get caught up in their emotive little ideas and suggestions. But move on. Number seven, when circumstances change, a quality leader plans ahead. And I'm going to show you a diagram here real soon that talks and shows you that minimally five steps ahead. What causes a leader to get caught up in the emotive aspects of a worker is they're not looking where they're walking. And they trip and fall with the employee or worker in the church. You need to look at people, and it doesn't take a prophet style to do this. You need to look at the people and go, you know, if she keeps doing that in five steps, here's probably what's going to happen. And you plan for that. So when that employee or worker in the church gets to that fifth point, you are already five steps ahead of that one. And one of those steps may be, I don't think we have a good working relationship anymore. This could be on point eight. I don't think we have a good working relationship anymore, and I think it would be best that we part ways. You're fired. This resource has been presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. For more information about our ministries, visit us online at IOMAmerica.org. That's IOMAmerica.org.